Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page. Hallelujah! Oh, oh, that's so lovely. I feel so, so loved here. It's just beautiful. It is just an absolute delight and a joy and a privilege to be with you all. How wonderful. I loved hearing that testimony. Where are you? Where's that the lady with the... Oh, what's your name? You are beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I get so encouraged when we hear testimonies. Sometimes people come up to me like four years later or six years later. I had a guy once pull up in the car park as I was leaving a church and go... Oh yeah, by the way, you know, when you were here a few years ago, I had liver cancer, I was supposed to die, but I got healed. Thanks for that. (laughs) I was like, great, (laughs) praise the Lord. But like, wow, I really would have been encouraged to hear that three months ago, you know, or a few years ago. Um, But it is is such a, a joy and a privilege to be in the service of the King. Hallelujah. And um, my husband Tom sends his love. We we really love Christchurch, and we and we really love Gideon and Catherine. We've just found um, family, which is such a, a delight, and always feel um, uh, you, know, you know when we get around them, we're always stirred up in such a wonderful way, and um, feel energized because they're such life giving people. Hallelujah! And it's you, you got to be around life giving people. And you want to be a life giver yourself, hey? You don't want to be an Eeyore all the time. You're allowed to have an Eeyore moment, but you need to get through it and get get on with uh, being a life giver. Hallelujah! And uh, so it is. It is just a, a delight to be here at Harmony. Um, we have church going on at the moment. I believe. What time is it in Brisbane? It's like five o'clock, four o'clock, four o'clock. Lord bless Glory City Church as it begins. Cheyenne's preaching for us today, and um, and I, uh, but I I have the greater privilege of being here in Christchurch with you. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Um, I want to just pray, Father. What a joy and a privilege to be your children, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for all that you've done, Lord. We give you glory for that testimony and other testimonies of what you've done. Father, thank you. You are a miracle-working God and nothing is impossible for you. Father, I'm asking that you'd give us grace, impart grace to us, the hearers, Lord, tonight, that we would truly run with the word that you give us. Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would wake us up. Lord, I'm asking that you'd enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of you, that we would know the hope of our calling, the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Lord, let us wake up. Let us run with it. Let us be believing believers. Lord, I'm asking for it, that you would stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just get happy just thinking about him. Hallelujah. And, uh, and that's the way it should be. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and Joy in the Holy Ghost, hooray. Not heaviness, condemnation and self-flagellation, hooray. It's not misery, doom and gloom. 
Righteousness, peace, and joy. And we need to be a people who embrace that and believe it. And don't get on the train of drama, drama, drama. You know, I used to be a drama teacher. But I tell you, the world of people who just continually looking for drama and to talk about the drama all the time, all the drama, 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 is, is just not the kingdom. The kingdom is righteousness, peace and joy. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. And we need to be exalting him. Hallelujah. Not exalting the problems and not exalting the drama, but bringing the Prince of Peace, the one who is hope, the one who is life. Hallelujah. We are the bearers of the good news. Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And uh, Christchurch is blessed that you live here. Hooray. It's true. If you actually believed that it was no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you, you would be happy for Christ Church. You'd be happy for the next person you met. You'd be excited for them, in fact. If you really believed it, that you were crucified with Christ, not by your effort, not by what you've done, but simply by faith in the fact that Jesus died and you died with him because you believe he's the Son of God, Am I preaching the gospel? Is that the truth, the Bible? If you just believe that simple truth, you'd genuinely be excited for the next person you met. Yet sadly, a lot of believers theoretically will agree with that, but, but add to it all these buts. You know, but, you know, I'm not quite there yet, but, you know, I, you know I'm not really very spiritual, but I've got a, lot to, I've got a long way to go. Where are you going? Oh, you know, but I'm not very spiritual. You know, I just, I have a lot to learn. And yes, we all do. Praise the Lord. We want to be lifelong learners. But the good news of the gospel is it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. It's about the knowledge of Him. We have everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. So it's our glorious delight to discover more about Him because the more we know about Him, the more revelation we have about who we are. I, um, I'm going to just hammer some scriptures with you today. And I know I'm, uh, I only really have one message and it just has lots and lots of different chapters. Hallelujah. But it's the message of the cross, the message of the good news of the gospel and what it's done for us. I have determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We sang a great song tonight about God being good. Hallelujah. He's good. You're so good. You're good. You're good. Oh, hallelujah. You're good. You're good. You're good. Who agrees that God's good? Hallelujah. God is good, devil's bad. Praise the Lord. Simple. But what if I said, if you're a believer, someone who's simply humbled themselves and received by faith what you have no right and no ability to earn, if you've, if you've said, God, I believe that Jesus is your son, that he died and that he rose again and that he has taken my sin, that he's offered me forgiveness and I've received it by faith. I've received your mercy. I've received your righteousness by faith. If you've done that, has anyone here done that? The rest of you, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this. So excited. 
exciting. It's going to be the best day of your life. Hallelujah. I forgot. I'm in New Zealand. Sometimes you just take a little bit of time to warm up. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we'll have interactive church tonight, okay? It's much more fun. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you believe that, who, who, who's actually experienced that? You've, you've been born again. Wow, <laughs> isn't that exciting? Wow. If that's the truth, I've got something to tell you. Not only is God good, but so are you. People said that about Jesus and Jesus said, why do you say that about me? Only God's good. So he was trying to provoke them to realise what they were afraid to realise. But actually, he was God. Hallelujah. He is God. Praise the Lord. But you know what? Now he says that because of his great grace, because of his gift, it's no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. He says in 1 John 4 that we have this confidence. Hallelujah. We'll read it because it's just wonderful. Hallelujah. Where are we? 1 John 4, 17 to 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears hasn't been made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. As He is, what's He like? He's so good. He's got eyes of fire. He's all powerful. Hallelujah. He's absolutely righteous and gloriously pure and holy. He is thoroughly through and through good. And he says, as he is, so are we. And well, that's, that's hard to handle. Like, really? Does he actually mean that? Like, really? We really struggle to come into agreement with that because we feel like, hang on, hang on, but I don't, I, I don't feel like I've achieved that definition. I don't, I, I don't feel like I've achieved the right to be called good. Well, let's put it in other terms. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? If we've come to Him, we've said, Lord, you did this. I need mercy. I need forgiveness. You were sinners. When you received Christ, you became saints. Hallelujah. Hooray. He took away your sin. And praise the Lord, you received His gift of righteousness, His gift of wholeness. How righteous is righteous? It's like the righteousness of God is as good as it gets. It's perfectly holy. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. God who is light can have no fellowship with darkness. You can't be a little bit righteous and joined to God. If you could, then those who did really well at the, at the law could have done it. But no one was able to achieve or measure up to the, the standard of Christ. So he who knew no sin became sin so we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So this is the basic good news of the gospel. And then in Romans, Paul makes this remarkable statement. I love it. Hallelujah. We're going to read it. Um, 
in Romans chapter 12, I think, 15. Where am I? I'll find it. Hallelujah. Romans 15. I'll read it in the um, New King James. Hallelujah. I, I enjoy all different um, uh, different translations. People get upset. I wrote a I wrote a um, endorsement for the Passion Translation, and I got all sorts of criticism. I love the Passion Translation. This is large print Passion. Praise the Lord. But you know what? The Bible wasn't written in English. It was written in Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew, and we uh, we just need to be are willing to look at all, all sorts of different translations and study it out for ourselves. Hallelujah. So if you're a bit precious about your translation, don't be. Hallelujah. <laughs> but New King James, I quite enjoy this. Romans 15, verse 13. Are you ready? Are you sure? All right. Paul says this. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you. Paul's saying, hey, this is what I know about you. You are full, that's full, completely full, full of goodness. You are full of goodness. But I've written to you, so to remind you, this is backed up all through Scripture. You look in James chapter 1. If any man's a hearer of the Word and not a doer, it's because he's like a man who looked at his natural face, which is now your new identity, in the mirror, and then walked away and forgot what he looked like. He says the only reason you're not doing all the works of Jesus is not because you're on the journey trying to get somewhere. It's because you've forgotten your true identity. Second Peter chapter 1, he says, If any of you lacks these virtues, talking about all the virtues of God, he's like, you've, you've become blind and have forgotten that you've been cleansed from your past sins. The, the truth is, we just need to be daily reminding ourselves, reminding each other of the truth of our identity and not buying into the lie that somehow we can achieve holiness when it is a gift from God. Hallelujah. Amen, Catherine. That's good preaching. Praise the Lord. Psalm 40, verse 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and doesn't respect the proud, nor turn such as turn aside to lies. Now there's a lot of lies that the enemy tries to make us believe about ourselves. A lot of people believe lies that circumstances have tried to tell them about their identity. Things that have happened to you can often... Uh, be an opportunity for the enemy, he doesn't play fair, to come and make you buy into a lie about who you are. But God wants you to be daily reminded of the truth. His perfect love casts out all fear. And the fear that he casts out is the fear that somehow there's something wrong with you. There's something not quite right. You don't quite measure up. You're not fully accepted. The enemy wants you to believe that because as I shared this morning, 
if we if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive. A terrifying state of being to the enemy. The Holy Spirit is given to remind us, help us know that we are accepted, we're connected, we belong. We're not orphans on the outside, but we've been given the very same nature of Christ. Hallelujah. And He wants us to wake up and walk into the the holy confidence of knowing I am fully loved, fully accepted, and I am full of goodness. Now I know a little bit about your culture, because I live in Australia and we're a little bit similar. You speak with cuter accents, I think, but it's so cute. The way you say we all the time, that's very unusual, but it's cute. I like it. I'll show you a we scripture or I'll do a, you know, just a we moment. I'm like, it's so cute. I like it. But we have a similar, we have a similar British heritage that isn't always good. And part of that has this cringe factor of anybody thinking anything good about themselves. A cultural cringe that goes, who do you think you are? Hang on, hang on, let's pull you down a few pegs. Because we're afraid of anybody believing well about themselves because it shows up the insecurities we have in our own hearts. You see, we're supposed to love each other as we love ourselves, but we haven't learnt to love ourselves very well because we've been terrified of actually agreeing with what God says about us in case someone else decides to throw rocks at us. You start to arise and shine, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. Yuck. Praise the Lord, it's not kingdom culture. It's old, hallelujah, the new has come. Hooray. And we celebrate each other. We celebrate success. The more success you have, the more my stocks go up. Hallelujah. I mean, you should have heard, many of you would have heard that the words of knowledge that Pastor Catherine was having uh, at the conference. Like, I was, She was challenging me to get bold. I mean, it was awesome. Just this, the um, amazing words of knowledge that she was having. I don't get... Like while I get challenged, I go, that's so good. I've got to get bolder to step out. Um, My heart doesn't go, oh, I'm comparing myself to her. My heart goes, wow, that's an invitation for me to run into a new level of accuracy. Hallelujah. It's a different way of thinking. But in culture, in our culture, we've been, if someone's successful, it's just highlighting my insecurities and my fears about my destiny not getting anywhere. So let's pull them down. Let's criticise them because inwardly we're so critical of ourselves. God wants you to come into agreement with Him. It's faith that pleases God, not your false humility. Walking around and saying, oh, I'm, oh, I'm not very good or I'm, I'm not very good at this or I'm not much, or I'm a bit rubbish at this. I'm like, they are, they are demeaning words to the Creator because He who has created you and sent His Son to give you His very life and nature now is waiting for you to believe what He's done so that the world can see Him through you. 
He doesn't look at you and think, well, you're a flawed vessel that I tolerate because I have to because you've claimed the name of Jesus. He hasn't given you a ticket to heaven that says, okay, yeah, well, I have to love you now. He's actually given you his righteousness. He's restored you back to his original design. Hallelujah. And he's so excited about you. He is not at all intimidated about the plans that he's got for you. He says, the same works that I do and greater works you're going to do. He's like, no, hang on. No, don't get bigger than me. Don't don't do better things than me. You know, it's thus far and no further. No, he's into seeing it grow and his name be glorified. The more uh, that you see in his name done, the more we all get to worship and celebrate God and the more his glory gets to be seen. Hallelujah. We need to start being like God in that we need to be celebrating each other. We need to be celebrating the testimonies and instead of comparing ourselves, seeing every breakthrough as an invitation for us to go further. Hallelujah. We're not living in this pie where if one gets a a slice, it means there's less for the rest of us. We, We serve the God of the unlimited. Hallelujah. He's a good father, a very good father. So when we believe lies about ourselves, we become critical. We we have this inner self-talk that's continually, you know, berating ourselves. And then we engage gleefully in seeing other people being pulled down. We love to read the gossip. Tell me all the details. Because somehow... It, it feeds this sense on the inside of, that many of us have bought into, the lies that we've bought into, that we're inadequate. So, yeah, you know, I knew, it, I knew they, they must have some flaws. It makes us feel better if we see someone fall. It's ugly. God's looking for us to begin to celebrate and to, to believe what He says about us so that we can start to love others. We love because He first loved us. And with the love that will open our hearts and receive, we can then freely give. To the level that you receive the love of God, you agree with God and you love yourself is the cap that you put on your ability to love anybody else. And the other great good news is when you start to connect with this good, good father who looks at you and says, you are all together lovely, you're all together holy, you're glorious and good and I've got great plans for you and when I look at you, my heart rejoices. I don't, I'm not disappointed with you, I'm so happy. I love you, I love you, I love you. When we are living daily in that Our ability to love others and deal with others completely changes. We begin to get so filled with what our hearts long for and cry for. We're all created differently. But I'm a words person. I love words and I love touch and I'm a romantic. I love poetry. I like songs. You know, I'm just like, it's crazy. You know, I'm, I'm a music teacher, drama teacher. You can imagine what I'm like, right? God 
knows how to love me perfectly and never gets tired with his abundance of words for me. Don't be jealous. <laughs> like he's lavish. He's lavish. I come to him and I go, oh, I feel very good today. I feel like a hypocrite. He goes, you're so lovely. Oh, you're so lovely. Yeah. Let me tell you how I see you. Mm, you are flawless. How, how, can you, how can you believe that? You see, the Bible says that we are not defined by what we've done. And I'm not just talking pre-accepting Christ. I'm talking about what you did yesterday or today. Today, if your faith is in Christ, he doesn't define you by what you've done. But he doesn't define you with what you've been tempted with. He doesn't define you with your sin. He defines you by your faith in Christ. Hallelujah. He defines you as new, clean, holy, a new creation. Not what, you know, sometimes we get this idea that, yeah, I became a new creation and now I've blotted my copybook so many times. It's just I'm trying to get it, trying to get it clean. You couldn't do it before and you can't do it now. Hallelujah. His mercy is continuous. It's new every morning. He forgave you before you ever did it. Hallelujah. And he's not struggling with your sin. Mm. But when you start to believe what he says about you, you'll begin to behave what he be in the way that he believes you to be. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Hallelujah. And when you start to believe that, then you start to treat other people the way that he treats you. Instead of looking to other people to become what you need them to be for you, you get so filled up with everything that you need that you're able to set people free to be who they are. My husband is a Finn. And Finns are not known, particularly Finnish men, are not known for their verbosity. In other words, they don't use a lot of words. And I'm a words person. They are not known for great descriptive poetic declarations. So for a long time, I tried to make him somebody that, that was just like I needed him to be. Problem was, he didn't know how to be that. It just didn't come naturally for him. And so I was always feeling a bit sorry for myself. You know, give me enough words. I'll just be really honest with you. But see, the truth is, I was looking for him to fill a need that I had in my heart. And when I began to discover this one who loves me perfectly, I was then able to set my husband free from the need that I had to be fed by him. And all of a sudden, he started to be free to start to give some words of affirmation. I started to, ta to, to um, get so happy in God that I was fulfilled in Him that suddenly my relationship with Tom was no longer me always making him feel like he was inadequate. I was able to celebrate him for who he was. And the more I celebrated him for who he was, the more he began to flourish and, and feel empowered. If I want to give her some words of affirmation, I can. Hallelujah. But it's not like me making some feeble attempt to try and fill something that she'll never be happy with. 
See, a lot of us are trying to make people, our pastors, (laughs) be who we need them to be for us. They can't be, I tell you. I can't be. You, don't, you, you need to set some people free from the expectations you have and let them go of the debts that you think they owe you and start getting what you need from God, hallelujah, so that you can start living whole and healthy. So I, when, I, when I got, ah, learned how to drink deeply from the river of His pleasure for me every day, suddenly... All of my relationships got healthier and happier. And I make declarations too. I I make declarations. I I, I walk around in my private prayer time. I say, my husband gives me encouragements every time I talk to him. Hallelujah. But I'm I'm not looking at him needing that. I'm actually able to celebrate every time it comes. Hallelujah. Because I've learned how to receive it from Jesus. And now it's just amazing. I watch him. He's one of the most encouraging people. Such a delight. But it's, it's come not from a place of forcing him into trying to be what I need him to be. It's come into a place of freedom. Hallelujah. I say that because I believe the Father wants to set you free. Because if you're looking for someone else to feed you, you will thirst again. I want to just turn, if you would, to John chapter 4. We'll look at the Passion Translation this time. Hallelujah. Is this making sense to you? John chapter 4. It's the woman at the well. Jesus meets the woman at the well. And I love it. I love this whole story. It's so remarkable. And he, he's, he meets her and um, he asks for something to drink. And she says, why would you want something from me? Which is really remarkable. You know what? We have the capacity to bless God. We have the capacity to minister to God. But I want to just draw your attention to this verse, hallelujah, let me see, Jesus answered here, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again, but if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when, I drink, when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. Many, many people are drinking, trying to drink from man's well. They're trying to drink from the well of their spouse or their children or their peers and they're looking for feed me, feed me, feed me, give me affirmation, make me feel good about myself. But if you go down that track, you will thirst again and again and it will never be enough. But if you'll go to the one who wants to give you living water, not only will you be so oversatisfied, it will spring up within you like a Holy Ghost well and it will bless everybody around you. This begins when we start to believe that He wants to have fellowship with us. That He really does 
believe that we have been made compatible with him, that he is not tolerating us, but he adores us, that he says, this is the truth about you. I prayed from Ephesians chapter one at the beginning of this, and I prayed the, the prayer that Paul prays, that the Holy Spirit would enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him so that we'd know the hope of our calling. You see, in knowing him, we discover what we actually look like. We discover who we are. Who do you think you are? It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. The great freedom of the gospel is that we have been given the life of Christ. We've been given a brand new identity. And when we when we dare to be countercultural and step into that reality, God isn't there saying, hang on, pull your head in. He's there saying, arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And He says, nations will come to the brightness of your rising. But we mustn't be those who turn aside to lies. We mustn't agree with the, the world that would try to tell us that, you know, you have no business shining. We mustn't agree with the circumstances that have, have tried in the past to uh, label you or limit you. You know, I see people who've been abused as children and, and bought a lie that there's something wrong with me that I was abused. Not your fault what someone else did to you. It has nothing to do with the truth of your identity. Praise the Lord. Sometimes people buy into the lie that the way people treat me must be the truth about who I am. The truth about who you are is found in the person of Jesus when you've given your life to Christ. And to the level that you will remind yourself of that, believe it and come into agreement with it is the level that you'll be able to walk in the reality of it. If you believe yourself to be a sinner, you will continually sin. If you believe yourself to be righteous, you'll walk around as the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. If you believe yourself to be bad, you'll always be struggling to try to get acceptance and try to get someone to make you feel good about yourself. You'll be either caught up in good works or trying to prove something or you'll be just giving up and, and falling into condemnation. But the great good news is, hallelujah, you are good not because of what you've done but because of what He's done. Hallelujah. And when you have this, the fear, the torment of that subtle sense of not belonging, of not being accepted is put away. It no longer has any place in you and you become free to start to walk the earth as the sons and daughters of God. Instead of, and it'll help you recognise lies one of the lies people believe is like, oh, if I, if I step out and lay hands on the sick, 
You know, maybe something in me will be a, like a filter that will stop the power of God fully manifesting. You know, I need to know, I need to just get more keys to know um, what to do before I can release the power of God. Anybody ever believed that? It's a lie. I've, I've seen, oh, we had a lady once who, um, she was a, a prostitute, heroin addict. One night she just got gloriously set free. The very next day, she went out on the street, found another heroin addict and just told him, hey, guess what? I'm off the stuff. I haven't even got any shimmers. I haven't got any shakes. I haven't got any withdrawals. I've been set free. Jesus has come into my life. I'm free. And her friend went, oh, I'd believe that if God could heal me because he was really sick that day with his stomach from, the, from his addiction. She said, oh, I'll, I'll pray for you. Put her hand on his belly and prayed for him just like she'd been seeing at church that had been saved less than 24 hours. He fell out into the bushes under the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> True story. Sent me a letter. And when he staggered up out of the bushes... He didn't know what to say. He pulled all this money out of his pocket, gave her a bunch and then gave a bunch to his girlfriend and said, that's what I would have spent on drugs this week. I know I'm not going to need that now. She sent me a letter saying, thanks so much for letting me know about daddy's love for me. I'm going to enter God's healing ministry now. Blessings. She missed the bit of, you know, hang on, you have to like have a long time of discipleship and a long time of going and, you know, really making sure you understand everything. You really shouldn't be laying hands on anybody yet because they might catch something if you do that. (laughs) And say whatever I like, hey, because I'm I'm going back to Brisbane tomorrow. (laughs) She just bought into... No longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So yeah, hey, I'll just, I'll just pray for you and you'll get healed. Some older brothers get a bit upset about that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, you know. Are you perfectly, are you living perfectly? You know what? If you've got the perfect one on the inside of you, he's not judging you on your performance. He's looking to see your faith. Hallelujah. And here's the other really excellent news. If the enemy comes and he lies to you and he says, you haven't got enough faith, you haven't got enough faith, you haven't got enough faith, you can turn around and tell him, I have the faith of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't even have to find it in myself. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. This is awesome. Praise the Lord. This is the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. It's in the book. You can read it. And the great good news is that God wants to have fellowship with you and I. We're going to pray for some people in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to ask you, if you're here tonight and you say, I I want to receive this gift of salvation. I want to receive this gift of mercy. God offers eternal life, forgiveness, salvation to anybody who would simply say, Thanks, I need that. 
anybody who'd acknowledge, I have need of salvation. I have need of your mercy. I want to, I want to come into your kingdom. I want to receive your life. God just delights to give it to you. He doesn't say, no, first you have to do this and first you have to do that. You can't shovel darkness out of a room. You've got to let the light in. God just wants to come into your life and give you power to be a a child of God. He wants you to know that you are loved and that you're accepted. He wants to give you a new identity. But all it takes is for you to respond and say, Lord, I need that. In acknowledging our need for that, we receive his forgiveness. We receive his salvation. Tonight, if you're here and you say, yeah, that's me. I want to receive the mercy of Christ. I want to be born again. I want to come into the kingdom. I'd love to pray for you tonight if that's you. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me? Let me see your hand. If tonight you say, yes, God bless you. I want to cross the line and come into the kingdom of God tonight. I want to respond to the mercy of God. Let me see your hand. I see you. That's so beautiful. Well, praise the Lord. Your father's so excited. Does anybody else say yes? Say yes to Jesus. Just say yes to Jesus. He so wants to be in fellowship with you. Is anybody else that says, yeah, I want that? Let me see your hand. Your father will see it. I tell you, yes. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for him. He loves you much more than I possibly ever could. He's so excited for you. I'm so, so excited for you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else that says, yeah. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I want him to be my saviour. Don't wait. He wants to give you eternal life. Anybody else that says, yeah, that's me. I want to receive Christ as my saviour. Thank you, Jesus. All across this room, would you pray with me? We're going to pray this and believe it in our hearts. Because the Bible says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you will be saved. Hallelujah. So pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe that he died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I ask you to come into my life. Make me new on the inside. I give you all of my sin everything I've ever done and I receive your great grace your mercy your forgiveness and your life in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah Hallelujah I encourage you to be uh, just come and see one of the leaders here tonight uh, at the end of the service and they'd love to be praying for you through the week and to encourage you and to help you, give you some material. And I encourage you too to be baptised. It's such a public, glorious declaration of being buried with Christ, raised up with Him. It's just a line in the sand that says, Hallelujah, this is a, 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 a public de- declaration of my identification with Christ. Hallelujah, it's so, so powerful. I pray your blessing on each one that's just responded to you, Father. Lord, I thank you that they are new creations. Old things have passed away. Behold, they are brand new. I call them good, clean, the redeemed of the Lord. 
in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's happy. Hey, you know what? We had people get baptised in the Holy Ghost this morning, just as we were singing in the Spirit. That's cool, hey? Yay, God. You can have that tonight if you want it. I'm going to pray for some people. I think, um, but I just want to take a few minutes and we're just going to pray for a couple of people. Gideon, we're going a little bit late. I'm sorry. I love you. Praise the Lord. Good that you love me. You can talk to me about it later. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, he loves this. Um, we're just going to just pray for a couple of people and then I, I think we might just have a fire tunnel. Hallelujah. Oh, what's that? Let me tell you what that is. All right, just so you get ready. Are you ready? Listening? You determine in your heart that you're going to let, um, as you come through and let people lay hands on you, that you're going to release your faith to receive from Christ something fresh, something new. He continually wants to pour out His Spirit upon you. He wants to fill you up to overflowing. If you need healing, let that be an opportunity to determine in your heart before you come through. When hands get laid on me, I'm going to get healed. The woman with the issue of blood did that. She just determined in her heart, if I just touch Him, I'm going to be healed. Jesus didn't even know about it. You don't have to tell me your life story to get healed. You just tell God, right, I'm going to use this as an opportunity, as a point of contact to release my faith and receive healing tonight. Hallelujah. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can do the same thing. If you want to receive impartation or whatever you want to do, just talk to God about it before you come through. Don't just come through for the sake of coming through to see what will happen. Because everything in the kingdom is about faith. So I want you to have faith that you're going to receive something. Hallelujah.